To begin our message, I want to ask you, and you might even want to close your eyes, what do you picture when you imagine sitting with Jesus? If you imagine yourself sitting with Jesus, what does that look like for you? What kind of space do you imagine? What kind of place do you find yourself in? What does that look like for you? I'm doing a course at the moment, and uh, one of the things that we unpacked was to talk about the difference between imagining ourselves sitting with Jesus in a courtroom and at a dining table. And I found it a very, very helpful distinction to try and think through. So again, you might even want to close your eyes and imagine what it's like to sit with Jesus in a courtroom. Because I think for a lot of us, subconsciously, this is often how we feel a little bit. That when we sit with Jesus, we better make sure that we kind of got everything together. We better make sure that we know the right answers and the things that we're supposed to say. That we kind of feel a little bit on trial, that Jesus is questioning us and saying, oh, so have you got everything sorted out? And he's making a judgment about whether we are kind of guilty or whether we're allowed to go free, whether we've measured up. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I can feel that way, if I'm honest with myself, about how I feel in sitting with Jesus. But the image of sitting with Jesus at a dining table is a completely different picture. It's this beautiful image of recognising that Jesus meets us at the door. He's so glad that we've been able to come and spend some time together. He then welcomes us to the table, sits us down, asks some really, really great questions about what's going on for us. There's a sense of camaraderie that's there. There's a sense of non-judgmentalism, a sense of acceptance, a sense of unconditional love that we experience as we just spend time together with Jesus. I found it a very, very helpful contrast because the way that we picture what it's like to sit with Jesus has a huge impact on a whole bunch of things that we then project about what God is like and what God wants for us. Today, we're finishing this series that we've used to kick off our season together called A New Chapter, where we've been talking about the things that hold us together and unite us as we begin this chapter as a new church. We've talked about how God can do infinitely more than we could hope or dream of. We've talked about how important it is to centre ourselves on Jesus, to recognise who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. So that's the core of who we are as a church. Last week, we uh, took some time to talk about what it means to be spiritual family, to focus on what it means to be accepting, authentic, encouraging, and supportive, that that's the kind of environment that we're trying to create. And I just want to mention that if you have missed any of those weeks, we would encourage you to try and catch up on them because they really do set the tone for who we are as a church. And so every week on our website, we post our latest video message. So uh, Sunday afternoons, that gets uploaded. And so you just go to brooklynparkcc.org.au. You scroll down on the page and about two thirds of the way down, there's a little button that you can click on a play button and you'll be able to watch the message from the current week. And you can watch that at any point during the week. If you click on the little YouTube button that's on that image, uh, then you can go to our YouTube channel and there you can go back through our archives. So all of our messages since we started uh, video recording 18 months ago are there. And so if at any time you want to go and catch up on something, you can go back to that and you can re-watch that. If you want to listen to our messages and don't really want to sit and watch them, then we have our audio available as well. So on our website, you can go to the archives section. And again, you can scroll back as far as you want to, to be able to listen to our messages. Uh, But you can also subscribe to our podcast 
And so that means that you automatically get the message delivered to you and uh, you can then listen to that at any point during the week. So when you're going for a walk or you're doing the dishes, if you want to just listen to that, uh, then that's available to you. If you have any trouble accessing any of those things, then just come and have a chat and I'll help you out and show you how to do that. Uh, It is relatively simple, but we hope that that's a helpful resource for you if you ever miss a week for whatever reason or if you want to remind yourself about what we've talked about. But that's what we've covered so far. And our genuine belief is that when we centre ourselves on Jesus in an environment that feels like spiritual family, an environment that feels like sitting at the dinner table with Jesus, that our lives are changed, that our lives are transformed. And so this is the third part of what we want to talk about today in terms of what our focus is as a church. So you have your teaching notes inside of the newsletter. You can feel free to grab those and jot things down as we go through today's message. And uh, you can also open up to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, if you've got your Bible with you, because uh, that's where we're going to pick things up. This follows on directly from the things that we looked at last week when we talked about spiritual family and talked about playing our role together, working together and uniting together around Jesus. And so Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 14, then, once we do all of those things, We will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. What we read here is that God's desire is for each one of us to grow to maturity, to be able to grow up in him. But what do you think that looks like? When you think about something or someone who is mature, what comes to mind for you? For some of us, we might think about someone who's really, really wise, someone who's experienced, someone who's lived a really, really great life and just seems to have a lot of advice for us to be able to say, I know what's most important. I've lived and so I can help you as you continue to grow. Sometimes when we think about maturity, though, we might think about someone who's kind of seems like they've got it all together. They almost seem like they're kind of perfect and in some ways seems hard to connect with them because they seem so much more advanced to us or so much more mature than we are. Sometimes when we think about what maturity looks like, we might just think about someone who's maybe got a bit jaded, someone who's had a hard life and things have become a real struggle and so they've turned very inward and so maturity doesn't look like something that's necessarily necessarily positive and outward focused. So it's helpful that Paul explains to us what he's talking about when he says that God's desire for us is to be able to grow to maturity. And so Paul begins by saying that growing to maturity includes us knowing what our foundation and our anchor is. And he uses this beautiful picture of not being tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. It's this kind of image of a boat that's out on the sea and the wind is blowing and just knocking it over here and then over there. This is really, really important for us because there is so much stuff, so much information that we have access to these days. When we think about everything that's on the internet, the stuff that we can read, the stuff that we can watch, we think about how many shows there are that challenge our thinking and bring up conspiracies and look at things from all sorts of different perspectives. When we think about the things that we listen to on the radio and different people calling in or different people with different senses of advice, We think about podcasts that we listen to. There's so much information that we can feel blown about, knocked over here and then over here because this person said this, but then this person said this, and we kind of jump all over the place. 
I know that sometimes I can be really guilty of this. Uh, when I go on holidays, one of the things I love to do is read a lot, and I love to get lost in a really, really good fiction book. And uh, there was a period where I read a number of fiction books that just happened to be based in rural Italy. And I got very, very, very swept up in this. The idea of being able to go to this tiny little village in Italy and to be able to eat some amazing nonna's incredible Italian food all of the time, every day, slow down, just be able to sit out under the olive groves, be able to just relax. It's like, this is awesome. So I talked to Ali, we've got to move to Italy and go and live in a little Italian village for a significant amount of time. Because we don't want to just like visit, like, we've got to immerse ourselves in this. It's going to be really, really great. Over the last couple of months, we've watched a few Australian movies. So there's a couple of really great Australian movies that have come out recently, and so we finally got around to watching those and watch Australian movies, and I'd get swept up. It's like, oh, we need to go on a road trip. We need to go and explore our backyard. We need to go and see all of these awesome sites that are so much a part of our incredible country that we live in. So we need to pack up and go to like the edge of Western Australia and explore how beautiful that is. And we need to go back to Cairns and we need to go to Darwin and we need to go in the middle and just like, let's go. Other times, uh, we are guilty of sitting and watching Netflix and watching particularly renovation shows or tidying up shows. So uh, I know there are some of you who love Marie Kondo, and uh, we love Marie Kondo as well, so simplifying our lives down and minimalising. And so we'll watch these shows that are about renovating or about simplifying life. It's like, okay, we've got to do some projects, we've got to get some stuff done around the house, we've got to get rid of some stuff and simplify our lives. And so we throw ourselves into that as well. Just swing over here and then over there and over there. It's so much a part of our lives these days. But we can't allow ourselves to do that. We need to know what our foundation and our anchor is. And Paul takes this a step further by saying that being mature also knows about, uh, means that we know who's influencing us. He talks about people who try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Once again, we're presented with this stuff all of the time, whether it's on the news or programs that we watch, whether it's on the internet, particularly social media. There is so much stuff that comes across uh, every day where it just seems like the truth. might be just twisting things a little bit or just manipulating things, and that seems to make sense. And so we can easily go down rabbit trails that we don't mean to. So the challenge for us is to say, as people who follow Jesus, he's our rock. He's our anchor. He is our foundation. So we take our cues from Jesus. Not from me and the things that I say, not from books, not from podcasts, not from things that we watch, but from Jesus. Now, it's important for us to learn from other people. So I'm a big believer in listening to podcasts and reading books and attending seminars and being able to learn and grow. But the challenge is, which is our primary influence? Is Jesus our primary influence? Or do we get swept over here by this influence and then over here and over here? Maturity means that we focus on Jesus first. Paul then says in verse 15 that instead of being swept all over the place, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. This phrase, speaking the truth in love, is a very, very powerful statement. And there's really two parts to it. First of all, speaking the truth, which is something that we think is really, really important for us. We talked last week when we talked about spiritual family about the importance of authenticity. We believe that it's a key marker for us to be able to be in a place where we can be honest, where we can be real, where we can speak the truth 
to each other, where we can challenge each other when that's necessary, but also at other times be able to speak the truth in encouraging ways, to be able to say, I see this in you. And it might be a bit challenging to hear, but I believe that God's asking you to take these courageous steps in your walk with him. But Paul doesn't just tell us to speak the truth. He says to speak the truth in love. And so the challenge for us is to say, what is our motivation? In wanting to speak the truth to someone else, at the end of the day, if we're honest with ourselves, what's our motivation there? Because sometimes, if we're honest, when we speak the truth, it's really about us. It's about us wanting to be right. It's about us wanting to get our own way. It's about us wanting to knock someone down a peg or two because maybe there's some stuff going on for us and we just need to feel a bit better about ourselves and so that's an easy way of being able to do that. Sometimes when we want to speak the truth, that's really what's going on is some stuff for us. But speaking the truth in love means that we're focused on the other person. What's the best thing for them? Do we believe the best about them? Do we want the best for them, and so we're speaking the truth from that perspective. That's a key marker of maturity, is our ability to speak the truth, but to do that with appropriate motivations that are always having the other person's best in mind. And ultimately, Paul says that growing to maturity means growing to become like Jesus. At the end of the day, that's our goal and that's our measuring stick, is to think like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to listen like Jesus. And that can be very, very challenging for us to think about what that looks like, but it's much more healthy for us to focus on that than comparing ourselves to other people. To say our goal ultimately as we grow is to become more and more and more like Jesus. He is our measuring stick. And Paul continues to unpack that in verse 16 where he says, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This flows on so well from what we talked about last week about the importance of us being able to play our part, being able to understand our part of the jigsaw puzzle, but also recognising that ultimately Jesus is the one who puts the puzzle together. Jesus is the one who can see the big picture and knows how we fit together as each of us play our role. So God's goal for us ultimately is transformation, is maturity, is growing up into all that he created us to be. And so as a church, it's one of the things that we emphasise, that we're here because we believe that God wants to see lives change. But there is a real challenge here for us because sometimes when we think about God wants us to have our lives change, God wants to transform us, we can think that that means that God doesn't really like us as we are that we're somehow not good enough, we don't measure up, and so again, we're back to the courtroom where we're being judged for the ways in which we don't measure up and God's saying, get your act together because you need to grow up. The challenge for us is to recognise this amazing tension, that God loves us 100% as we are, that God cannot love any one of us any more than he already does today. And yet, God loves us too much to leave us where we are and to not want us to be able to continue to grow. It's helpful for us to think about a baby when we think about what this is like. When a baby is born into a family, that baby can't be any more loved. If you think about babies that have been a part of your family or close friends that have had babies and you've been able to see them, there's just this amazing sense of unconditional love. This baby cannot be loved any more than it is when it's born. But 
the parents and the aunts and the uncles and the siblings and the friends don't want the baby to stay as a baby for all of its life. They want it to be able to grow and develop. And as we take all of the steps that we take throughout our lives, as we become toddlers, again, our parents love us as we are, but want us to keep growing and keep developing. Our kids, Josh is now 18, Rachel is now 16, and I couldn't love them any more than I do right now. But do I want them to stay as 18 and 16-year-olds? No. I want them to continue to grow, to continue to develop, to continue to discover all that God created them to be. That's what God's heart is for us. He can't love us any more than he does right now. But he wants us to keep growing and he wants us to continue to transform into the people that he created us to be. And so we believe that the best way for that to happen is for us to focus on Jesus in an environment of spiritual family. And when we do that, this transformation happens in our lives, which is so amazing, and we want to celebrate it. But one of the challenges is to recognise that's not just true for us. That desire that God has for all of us to grow and transform and have our lives changed is also true for every person that you know, every person that's in your life, for your extended family, for your neighbours, for the people at your workplace, the people at school, the people at uni, the people that you connect with, your friendship network. God wants to see all of those people's lives changed as well. And so the ripples of transformation are supposed to go out of us as a church into the surrounding community, into the relationships that we've got with the people around us. And the primary way that God allows that transformation to happen is through us, through conversations that we have. Now, we're very careful about the wording that we use because we recognise that we are passionate about seeing lives change. We're not the ones who change people's lives. We want to make that very, very clear. God is the one who does works of transformation. For some reason, he chooses to use us as the agents of transformation, as agents of reconciliation, as the people who are the ones who can help others to discover these things and to explore these things. And so if you think about the people that you're connected with, they're craving the same things that we've talked about. They're all struggling with being tossed and blown about by all of the stuff that comes across us every day, all of the things that mess us around. They're wanting to know what truth is, what clarity is, What is most important for me to focus on? They're searching for answers to the questions that they've got. What's life all about? Why am I here? People are searching for those things. They're looking for positive influences. They want to be in an environment where they can have people speak the truth in love to them, but also where they can speak the truth in love to others. My sense is that the people around us are looking for an invitation to come and sit at the dining table as well. They don't want to come and sit in a courtroom. They want to be able to come and sit at a dining table. And so our focus when we talk about the things that we do that reach out into the community is how can we build relationships with people that give us the opportunity to have those conversations? How can we build relationships with people so we have the opportunity to invite them to come and sit at the table with Jesus, where Jesus can then do the work of transformation that only he can do? And so today, before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a bit of a snapshot of some of the things that we do during the week that are opportunities for us to reach out into the community, where we believe that God's heart is, where God is passionate about seeing transformation happen in all the connections that we've got, all of the people that we connect with throughout the week. 
So this again is another opportunity for you to hear a bit about what we're up to, but also to say, if there's any of these things that you would like to get involved in, please let us know, because we would love to talk to you about how you can be a part of some of the opportunities that we've got. So we have a men's shed that uh, operates on Tuesday and Friday mornings from 10am until 1pm. And so this is a great group of guys who get together over in the Holbrooks Hub, which is just around the corner from here, uh, to be able to work on projects that they bring in. So a lot of them work on their own projects. But at different times throughout the year, they also work on projects together that are community-based. And so regularly, they'll be given opportunities to be able to work on some projects that make a difference out in the local community. And those guys are a great group of guys who want to get together to be able to spend time together talking about what's going on in their lives, talking about the stuff that they're wrestling with and struggling with. We have a craft group that's currently on Tuesday mornings at Flinders Park, but is going to be moving across to Tuesday afternoons here. And really, our craft group has the same heart uh, in it. So it's an opportunity to come and to work on the craft activities that you want to work on. But really, the reason to gather together is to have some great conversations, to be able to spend time with each other and to talk about the things that matter and to be able to invite other people to sit around that circle and to have those conversations. We have our playgroup that meets on Tuesday mornings, and uh, we intentionally changed the name of playgroup earlier this year to Coffee, Chat and Play, because that's really what our focus is, that we want to emphasise that it's an opportunity for parents to be able to come with their young kids and have a coffee and have a chat while the kids have a play. It's a very clever name that way. And so it's really uh, something where we say, you don't have to have young kids to come along to that. We would love other people to come along and to just have some conversations and to build relationships with the mums who are coming along to playgroup. We have our emergency relief program that Phil mentioned earlier. On Tuesday and Friday mornings, uh, we have an opportunity for people from the local community who are struggling and uh, who are in all sorts of different ways, just having a hard time with life, to be able to come and receive some assistance. And for some of them, that looks like receiving some food. For others, that looks like some financial assistance, some rent assistance, assistance with paying the bills. But our focus on that is how we build relationships with people. We used to run a food distribution program for a long time, and we intentionally pivoted away from that to emergency relief because we didn't want to just hand food out to people. We wanted to say, how do we get to know you, know your story, know what's going on, so that we can have conversations about the other ways that we can partner with you to serve you in your life. And so our emergency relief program is a really awesome partnership with CareWorks. We have Shout for Joy, which happened this past Tuesday night. It happens the second Tuesday of the month, which is an opportunity to be able to serve people with special needs and to create a service that is intentionally geared uh, at them and an environment that is intentionally set up so that they can feel free to just be themselves in that space. But for us, it's about the opportunity to be able to connect with them and to be able to connect with the carers who come along and bring the clients and to be able to build relationships with them. We also have our netball club, Sparkling Diamonds, uh, where there's at least 80 girls that are a part of a bunch of different teams uh, that practice here during the week and uh, play here on Saturdays during the winter season. There are countless families that are a part of the netball club who are wrestling with these same questions. And we would love to build relationships with those families to be able to say, how can we come alongside of you and invite you to come and sit at the dining table with us to process through the things that are going on for you? 
We also have opportunities to connect with our local schools. And uh, we had Nicole from Torrensville Primary School come uh, a few weeks ago to share a little bit about opportunities where we can get involved through our local pastoral care workers or chaplains. Uh, but we also run uh, schools programs, uh, Christian option programs throughout the year, and particularly at Easter and Christmas, some seminars that have opportunities for kids to be able to hear the Easter story and the Christmas story. And so there are opportunities to get involved in that. And one of the ways that you can get involved is to bake cakes. So uh, when these seminars happen, the team always likes to take some cakes with them to be able to just say to the staff, we're really, really glad for all the work that you do. So if you'd like to bake some cakes with seminars, uh, then you can let us know about that as well. Rob and Gail George are the key ones uh, who are involved in that, and they're not here this weekend because they're over on the York Peninsula doing exactly this in some other schools. Uh, But you can feel free to let us know if you'd like to get involved in the opportunities that we've got in reaching out to the local schools too. At the end of the day, the outreach programs that we run don't have a focus on running programs for people. Our focus with our outreach programs is to build relationships with people. We're not trying to run programs for people. We're trying to build relationships with people. And so if that's your heart, that you would love to just get to know some of the people, any of those different opportunities, uh, and you haven't finished your survey yet, you can feel free to do that. Uh, But if you've already done that or you want to find out a bit more, come and have a chat. We would love to let you know a little bit more about what's involved as we continue to move forward in those areas. But I want to give you an opportunity now to be able to just pause and reflect. What is it that Jesus is saying to you this morning as we reflect on this idea of seeing lives change? How does God want to change lives through Brooklyn Park. What does that look like as we head into this new chapter and as we move into the months that are ahead of us? For some of us, it could be related to that first part, so it could be an element of what it looks like for you to be able to pursue growing to maturity. For some of you, it could be about that question, do I see myself sitting with Jesus in a courtroom or at a dining table? For some of us, it might be about pursuing opportunities to recognise that Jesus is giving us invitations to take to others, to be able to say, come and join Jesus at the dining table as we connect with the people around us. What does that look like for you? What do you think it is that God wants to do as we see lives change? Take some time to reflect. You can chat with the person next to you, jot jot some thoughts down, and then we'll come back and pray and transition across to communion.
Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for this new chapter in the life of our church, for the opportunity that we've had over this past month uh, to be able to set a really clear foundation for what you've got for us as we move into uh, what is ahead of us in the months and years to come. We thank you for what we've been able to focus on, the reminder that, Jesus, you are the centre of everything that we do, that ultimately you are the Lord and the leader of our lives, the Lord and the leader of our church, and we simply want to follow you. But we want to do that in an environment that feels like family, where we have the opportunity to be able to experience what you created us to experience in the relationships we have. And we thank you that when those two things get paired together, transformation in our lives is the result. And so that's our prayer and our dream and our hope, is that you would continue to transform our lives, to make us more and more like you, Jesus. But we thank you that the environment for that is not something that looks like a courtroom where we're on trial and we better get our act together or else there's consequences, but it is like us being able to sit at a dining table with you and to have open conversations where you continue to be curious about what's going on in our lives and to talk to us about what our next steps are as we continue to grow and explore what it means to focus on you. But we also recognise that there are countless people, thousands of people around us that we connect with on a weekly basis who have that same desire to find out what life is all about, to find out what meaning is all about, what purpose is all about who are craving an environment where they can be themselves, an opportunity to be able to stop being blown all over the place and to be able to find their way forward. And so we thank you for the privilege that it is that you choose to partner with us in those relationships and in those conversations. And so we pray that as we head into this week in the relationships that we have personally, the connections that we have out into the community, that you would help us to have our spiritual antenna up for the opportunities that you give us uh, to be able to explore these things with those people. But we also pray for all of the intentional ways in which we gather with others throughout the week as a church family uh, in our outreach programs. Our goal with those is not just to put something on so people show up and then leave, but to build relationships with them where we can have conversations about things that matter. And so we pray that you would continue uh, to challenge us about what it looks like to get involved in those things, but while we're at those different programs, to look for the opportunities where we can have conversations where we, again, get to invite people to sit with you, Jesus, and allow you to do what only you can do. So lead us forward as we move on. In your name we pray. Amen.